Hi, I'm Rich Heller. Welcome to Rich in Relationship. And today, Jenny Bradley is back. And Jenny, I apologize for calling you Jen in the last call. I, I, I just, I'm just used to the shortest name possible. It's a lazy man thing. What can I tell you? How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you, Rich? I'm awesome. And for those of you who haven't seen Jenny before, she did an earlier segment with me on what's going on in the COVID-19 crisis, which I'm sure will relate to this piece because it's still going on. And we talked about doing a piece on high conflict divorce and personalities, which uh, usually, well, usually when that's going on, at least one person feels the other person is somewhere on the narcissism scale. Uh, Jen's got a background in psychology in addition to being a matrimonial attorney. And she's got a lot of experience with this, and she's going to share it with us right now. Yeah, thanks for that, Rich. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what we find are, you know, obviously everything's on a bell curve, and people are at the end of the spectrum sometimes. But um, in times of conflict, in times of crisis, in times of uncertainty, mental health conditions can get often exacerbated, mm -hmm. right? And we've got that going on right now. And we've got that going on right now with external forces, COVID-19, let alone what might be going on internally in someone's relationship. And then what's going on internally with them because they're out of their routine, they're out of their social network, they're out of visit seeing people that they normally see, they're not going to the gym to deal with their stress. Um, some people are not exercising good self-care right now. And we know that good self-care can help. I think a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people I'm talking to are telling me, all I do is eat. When is this going to be over? You know, I, like I'm getting, a, I, and I miss seeing people, even though they're doing it through video and phone calls, it's not the same. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hearing that too, not only from clients that call, but also from friends and family members that, you know, I, I have cabin fever. I feel so isolated. Um, you know, I never realized how much I actually liked people. I thought I was an introvert. Maybe I'm not. Um, and so all those this, kinds this of things. exacerbates conflict. So there might be uh, situations that are were lower conflict that have escalated to higher conflict as a result. Absolutely, and everyone's tolerance level is less, right? Some people are working from home and they're trying to balance that from having to homeschool their children because schools are closed. And like I said, the gym's closed, so they're not in that routine anymore. And then they're home all the time with their spouse. Um, and they're not accustomed to dealing with that whatsoever. And it's just completely changing the dynamics of everything, which is really making people's tolerance levels be very thin and very reactive. And I see that in my own house. I mean, just last night, you know, my wife said like, hey, I think you need to go for a walk around the block, getting a little edgy. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was good that you didn't say WTF, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's what you get as you get older and wiser and you're on second and third and fourth relationships, right? You learn, hopefully you learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Um, and you well, realize there's a reason why they're called our better half. It, there is a reason that they are definitely called their better half. And there's a reason that um, sometimes you need to be aware of the fact that other people see you as you really are better than you see yourself. Right. So, yeah. So, be mindful when somebody tells you that. My mom always says, if somebody offers you a piece of gum, you better take it because you don't know what they're trying to say. Yeah. So there, here we are. We're all trapped in our houses. It does, I mean, we're not actually trapped, but, you know, it's actually, for the most part, voluntary and, and necessary. Um, and let's say you have someone in your life 
uh, who, who already was pretty self-centered and difficult to deal with? What, you know, how do you handle that? Yeah, and those are the tough ones, particularly if you're in the same household still. Mm. Um, so if you're in the same household still, I mean, my first advice to folks is you need to find yourself a virtual therapist during this time. And when we're out of COVID-19, a therapist that you can go in and see and talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, because you need to start to understand how to navigate these eggshells and these minefields that are at your house that you're tiptoeing around and, and trying not to walk on. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I have found more often than not is the the non-high conflict person sometimes can fuel the conflict because they feel attacked and they're defending themselves. Um, And that's a natural reaction, right? We still have the brain, like there's a tiger in the bush jumping out at me. I got to defend myself. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still wired that way. It's self-preservation. But the irony of that is oftentimes reacting and defending yourself is the worst thing you can do if you have a narcissist attacking you because it just fuels the fire even more. Yeah, the narcissist, uh, they only, they're all about winning in their relationship and they love to watch the other person dance. Yes. You know, so, so if, you know, if you're feeling triggered, if you're living with a narcissist and you're feeling triggered, the chances are they're loving that. And how you manage that, uh, we were, you and I were talking earlier before we started about the amygdala hijack, which is when that part of you that's looking for danger is suddenly triggered and you go, and you respond in a way that's right. that's either fight, flight, or play dead. You know, when uh, when when they when the narcissist sees that, they love it because they then they it. then they know they have you dancing to their song. Yeah, and then they'll continue to put more gas on that fire. That's why yep. they call it gaslighting, right? Then they make it all about you when really we all know it's still about them. Mm-hmm. But they make you the victim. They make you the person who's done everything wrong. Um, because they're in that dreaded drama triangle too, right? They have to have a victim because they have to persecute someone. So as an attorney, what advice would you give someone who's living with a narcissist or someone who's even, they may not actually be diagnosed as a narcissist. They just might be, it might be that the current crisis has pushed them. Like when there's a crisis, we sort of naturally go to me first and survival anyway. So it might be that the current crisis has pushed them there, or it might be that they've just always existed sort of on that end of the swimming pool. They're not quite a full-blown diagnosable narcissist, but they do tend to think of themselves more. And every now and then they might have a, like an aha moment of empathy, but that's pretty, pretty rare. Pretty rare. And so, you know, um, those are tough, Rich, because my reading, my experience, my clients' experiences, my talking with counselors are narcissism is a very difficult thing to cure, if you will. Um, yeah, can't, can't cure them. So, so you know, they're, let's, say they're, let's say they're living in separate households, just for that okay. fact of it. Uh, and this is going on, and the other person is sending them, maybe they're calling them and texting them and emailing them. Uh, you know, uh, sort of trying to push those buttons. What, as, what, what would you advise that they do? Yeah. And the advice we give in those situations is, first of all, don't engage. Mm-hmm. And then the pushback we get from that with clients is, but I have to because they're saying such mean, horrible, rotten things. No, you don't. It's not your job to set the record straight and you're never going to convince them anyway. So don't waste your energy. 
Instead, spend your, spend your energy about how to communicate with them if you mm -hmm. must. Because maybe in the, in the soliloquy they sent you or they gave you on the phone or whatever, there is something in there that you have to respond to. There's something in there about picking up the kids. There's something in there about how the bills are going to be paid this month. There's something in there you actually have to respond to. And I could see that going on right now a lot. Yeah. So parse that out. Parse the piece out that actually is something of substance and something of meaning, and I don't mean emotional meaning, but something of substance, like, and respond like to has, that. has material relevance. Like That's it right. It has to do with uh, child drop-off and pickup. It, it has to do with finance. It has to do with like actual life, not, not necessarily the emotional part, but the, I'm trying to think how, you, how, we, how to say this. You know, when, we're, when I'm working with people as a divorce coach or as a conflict coach, we're always separating the emotional from the material. So it's, it's, uh, it's because when we're in the emotional, all of a sudden that, you know, $20 chair looks like it's worth $10,000 worth of litigation, for example. Right. So in this case, it's about separating the emotional from the material. So you can talk about what's relevant to your childcare or your over, you know, taking care of your, your, your paying your bills versus how you're feeling the, the way they're directing it at you. That's right. So you've got to not react to the tone of the message, not react to the word choices in the message, but get down to the meat of the message that is relevant. For instance, there could be a legitimate email that comes to you that has a bunch of things in it. And then the underlying concern is, hey, you work in a medical hospital. You're a nurse. I'm, I'm worried about what protocols you're taking at home to keep our child safe. Mm. Okay. So there, respond to that, respond to that. And we talked about it in the last call. Um, respond to that with brief, informative, friendly, and fair response. As our mm -hmm. good friend, Bill Eddy has taught us, keep it to the facts. Don't be judgmental. Don't be negative and positive and, and put spin on any words. Use neutral words and be very firm about it. You know, this is an opportunity where you have to set boundaries. It may be that a narcissist also has a little paranoia. We also see some comorbidity at yeah. times, but hey, let's be honest. If you're on the front lines of COVID-19 working in a hospital in New York City right now, it's a legitimate concern about what are you doing when you're at home with our kid? Mm -hmm. You know, what precautions are you taking? Is someone else watching our kid? Could I be watching our kid? Mm -hmm. Those are legitimate things. Uh, and let's not make this just about COVID-19. I mean, that could be the case if somebody has strep throat, if somebody has the flu. That could be the case if there's a new person in the relationship that your ex-spouse is worried about their character because they've done a background check on them. Mm -hmm. There could be something legitimate coming from this narcissist that you do need to respond to, as you said, material. Mm -hmm. But it also could just be another attack upon you that's in a bunch of BS and made up facts and paranoia and contradictions that is just meant to stoke your fire and try to get a reaction out of you. And as you said earlier, dance. Well, and the chances are there is always going to be some truth in it because uh, that's what narcissists do best is they take the truth and twist it to into a shape that works for them. That's um, right. Yeah. So yeah, when we work with people in my uh, divorce proof, your kids workshop, we do a lot of, we get, we get some people who are, who are sure they're in relationships with narcissists and we do a lot of work on that right there. How, you know, how to separate the material from the emotional and how to communicate 
with the narcissist so that they're not triggering the narcissist. And so very often the advice that we give them is to offer the narcissist choices. When, when, the, when the narcissist gives them a situation, instead of saying, well, we should do this, what do you think? Uh, that's like, that opens the door for more- that's such an invitation. For more stuff. So what we advise them to do is to say, well, I have two ways I think we could go at this. You know, we could do plan A or we could do plan B and you let the narcissist choose between them and that's a way to diffuse them. And plan A and plan B need to be uh, a win in some way for both them and the narcissist. And like, as much as, as much as we hate to let the narcissist win, if it's a win-win, at least we're winning too. And if the narcissist feels like they're winning, then they're more likely to back down for a little while, you know, but not for very long because narcissists want to be winning all the time. Now, the problem with the narcissist is, you know, when you're divorcing one, you want to be rid of them. But if yeah. you have children with them, that's not going to happen. And often they think that the children would be better off without them, but that's also not completely true. Um, the, the children, you know, have already internalized that person and their behavior patterns inside of them. And in order for them to resolve whatever that is healthily for themselves, they need to have a relationship with that person in some way, shape, or form to figure out whether that stuff works or not for them in their lives, you know? And so we yeah. spent a lot of time working with the person in the workshop on how can they model what a healthy person does so that the child has a legitimate choice. And the sad thing is that the children really can't choose until, I mean, make a permanent choice until cognitively they're at like a, adolescent moving to adults because they're sort of at that point where they're just they're now deciding what's going to gel in them as a person and they decide am i going to be the narcissist or am i going to be the rational person dealing with the narcissist and 99 percent of the time you know they'll, they'll they see that what's working versus what isn't they see who's happy versus who isn't yeah and i love what you said there about giving narcissists a choice because we know that about narcissists too they are all or nothing people they see things very binary. They see things very black and white. And so when you say, okay, here's two things, I'm okay with either one of them, then they feel like they have power. Yeah. And, and we know that from dealing with narcissists that they love the power, even probably more so than winning. They love to feel like they're in control. Um, and maybe that's just semantics. And so we counsel our clients a lot like, hey, this is custody let's not chalk up wins and losses for mom and dad. Let's chalk up wins and losses for the kids. Yeah. And if dad is a narcissist and I'm using a man here a lot, there are plenty of women narcissists I have worked with. I just find that more men seem to gravitate no, that statistically, way. Statistically, there are more male narcissists than female. Right. And so if dad feels like he's winning and dad feels like he has the power, the children are going to be better tended to by dad than when he's spinning and out of control and trying to get control and trying to chalk up wins. So let's focus on, are the kids winning if we do X, Y, or Z compromise? Not so much whether mom won or the non-narcissistic spouse won or parent, I should say. And how do you advise that your clients document communication with the narcissist? Yeah, so I hate text messages. Um, they're too short, they're too clipped, they're too and reactive. They can, they can be edited and so can email. Yeah. You know, and so for real high conflict cases, we use a tool called Our Family Wizard. I've heard that's great. 
That's great which software. It's great. And it goes in and it tells you, it documents inside the program when someone reads the email and it documents inside the program when somebody responds to the email and then it can't be altered. You could alter the email that you get from Our Family Wizard, but the lawyer can have access to the Our Family Wizard account as well. Uh, mental health professionals can have access. Judges can have access. All this has to be ordered and allowed by the judge or consented to by the parties, of course. But you can go straight into Our Family Wizard as a lawyer and get the actual messages that were sent. You know, and I've had cases where people have given me these messages and I was like, this doesn't quite sound complete. Can I have permission to go into Our Family Wizard? Yes, of course. Go in there and I get the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, you, you, you altered what you gave me, which that client didn't end up being a client very much longer because they were being mm -hmm. deceitful and deceptive. But nonetheless, um, as we know, narcissists don't want to have negative attention. And so mm -hmm. once you call them on the carpet for them trying to spin things in the best possible light to them, you know, they kind of, they argue with you for a little bit and then they realize they're caught and then they go off to find someone else to play upon as a lawyer. Got it. Got it. And uh, how many, how many communication vehicles should they use? In our highest conflict cases, they simply use our family wizard and they have permission to use text messaging if there's an emergency or if there's a drop off problem. Mm -hmm. I got caught on the interstate. I'm going to be 30 minutes late because not everybody checks their email in real time. Our family wizard can be set up to give you notifications. Hey, you have a new message, but we have the small exceptions for those things. But with narcissists, as you know, it's hard to make exceptions because then they want to try to make those the rules. Everything's an emergency. Right. I had to text you. I had to call you. Yeah. We encourage people not to have phone calls. We encourage people not to have face-to-face -face meetings. We encourage them not to text except for an event of emergency. We encourage them to use email. And we try to get them on our family wizard. And I pretty much know the answer to this, but for the sake of our audience, how important is it that everything be documented and that a court know that it's not alterable and why super important because if anyone has the ability to charm someone and snow someone like no one else it's a narcissist and so they believe what they say even if yep. it's not the truth right yep. they believe it and they believe it so convincingly that they can fool a lot of people mm -hmm. And so the best way to take the wind out of their sails is to have the documentary evidence, the recorded phone calls, again, check your states. In my state, only one party has to know it's being recorded. But the recorded phone calls, the email messages, the text messages, and all those types of things to be able to prove that's not what was said, that's not what happened. This is what's really going on. And that's why you advise that they limit it to something like our family wizard where where it's we know it's not alterable. That's right. Because we are beginning to have a more difficult time getting text messages and getting emails admitted into evidence because of how easy they are to be spoofed. And let me just add to that, um, that the narcissist, when I say the narcissist is all about winning, they're all about winning with the person they're in relationship with. Oddly, if they go to court and the judge slaps them down, they're, they don't need to win with the judge. And I don't, re I don't really know why that is, but it doesn't really matter. What's important is that, that people know that, that they know that for, for the narcissist, it's all about kicking their butt, not the judge's butt. And so if you go, if, 
if Jenny goes to court and has evidence that, you know, proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that the narcissist was in the wrong in some way, the narcissist is just going to roll with it in the end. And they'll be, they, you know, they, they may be somewhat punishing the other person, but they're going to be that way anyway, whether they win or lose. Uh, I agree with that, but I'll also add that when, when that happens in court, when they say X, Y, and Z, and then we prove that's completely incorrect, you didn't do that, you did A, B, C instead, you're right. They shrug their shoulders and they're kind of like, you got me. But then two days pass and they're like, that judge was wrong. Yeah, I can't believe that judge believed the evidence you presented. That's yeah, not but, what happened. They don't sit there and go, I'm going to show that judge. <laughs> no, they, don't. They, just, they just reboot their gaslighting. That's right. That's right. You know, on the rare occasions where people have lashed out at the judge when I've seen it happen in the courtroom, they had some other personality conflict too, some impulse control behavior issues or something else. Um, I had one jump up one time from witness table and uh, um, my law partner at the time and I, one got one elbow of her and the other one got the other elbow of her. I got the other elbow of her and we literally lifted her out of the courtroom and walked her out because she stood up and started screaming at the judge. That's not true. That's all lies. <laughs> you know, and Good so. For you, to save her butt. Right? I just don't and like so that. No, our paralegal stayed in the courtroom and kept taking notes. She had more mental health issues than narcissism yeah. you're right as someone who's truly narcissistic or has narcissistic tendencies is just going to shrug and be like all right you're all wrong right, so, i'm right but whatever um our not that our, our family wizard isn't the only solution there are a bunch of softwares out there like that but i think our, our family Wizard is one of the few ones that allows the attorney to access it which is huge I think that's right and, and i think they now have a new tone meter they're beta testing, which is great. So you know, when you're writing your email, it'll say, you might want to change that a little. Or, you know, I, I know I, I use a Google tone meter, uh, not Google, uh, but some Google related service. And it gives me a little smiley face or it gives me a red angry face or it gives me uh, glasses with a goofy look face, depending on the <laughs> tone of the email. So and I used, to, you know, I, I tend to write very terse emails, like just like to the point email. So it's really helped me a lot. And I think when you're dealing with a narcissist, tone does actually make a difference. It does. And that's one of the reasons we like our family wizard. They've been doing that for more than a year now. So I think they're pretty good with it, the tone meter thing. Um, and I've had a lot of clients save their butt by it. Another tool that they have that some of those, these other softwares don't have, at least I'm not aware that they have, is they have the ability to upload receipts and do the exchanging of extracurricular expenses and unreimbursed health care. Yeah, I think that's pretty common in that world. But I think our okay. family wizard, because they started out, uh, they've got a, they were one of the first ones, they've got a big toehold in that, in that sphere. They're, that's the one that all the attorneys go to. Yeah. Um, and any so, final words for our audience, particularly if they're dealing with an narcissist and they're in lockdown? Yeah. So two final, one, one last suggestion and then final word. Last suggestion is, Obviously, it costs money to pay your lawyer to do this, but I cannot tell you how many clients send us their emails as drafts and we edit them. We are the tone meters. Nah. Um, not only for the narcissist clients we represent, but for the people who have been coupled with narcissists before who are now longer in that relationship, but have to stay contact with them because of children's issues or something. So. Hey, talk to your talk to your lawyers about that too, and I bet you do that. You would do I was that. I'm just going to put this out there to you. You know, if you want, if you want a divorce coach to help you with that, it might cost them less money. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, and then my parting shot, if you will, um, is just remember 
as hard as it is, that the narcissist is trying to elicit a reaction and a response from you. And the best thing you can do is just be like, oh, there's whoever again, and he's lashing out and he's doing this, and that's about him. It's not about me. So separate that emotion from the material like you were saying, Rich, that you, you help your clients with. That's the yeah. biggest takeaway I have from dealing with narcissists. The great thing about restricting your communication to email through Van Family Wizard is it's a lot easier when you get that triggering email to say, I'm just not gonna deal with this than when someone's saying it to you. When someone's saying it to you, uh, when someone's talking to me in a, in a way that triggers me, I, my first reaction is I wanna get right all up in it. You know, and yeah. it's a lot harder for me to say, I'm sorry, but I'm, I've got something I need to take care of. Can I call you back? You know, but when you're right. doing email, it's a lot easier to say, you know what? They sent this two hours ago and it's like, if I wait another hour, it isn't going to change anything. I'm just going to chill. So or even if you sleep on it for a night, yeah. I mean, not many emails are that urgent. You know, just take a deep breath here. Here's one that somebody, uh, somebody recently, they said, they said, grab your chair or touch your legs, take a deep breath, release it, and blink three times. One, two, three, like a goofy blink, like really. Mm -hmm. And apparently that sends a message to our unconscious mind that it's safe. There's something about being tactile, taking a deep breath and blinking. I guess it, you know, if we really didn't think it was safe, we'd, we'd just be like right. this. Right. <laughs> you know, about blinking somehow tells our unconscious mind that it's safe. And I've, I've passed it on to some clients recently who said that works really well. Well, listen, thank you so much. I know you have uh, like a boatload of work to get to. And uh, um, I, I've already asked you the legacy question, you know, and you've given me the final advice. Uh, any, any, any words of wisdoms? Words of wisdom. You know, I think I've shared most of the words of wisdom I have. I'll give, you one, I'll give you one tip that we have parenting coordinators in our state that are appointed in high conflict cases to help coach the parent, not really coach, but help navigate the situation with the parents. And one of the best tips I got from a parenting coordinator was when communicating by email, group your topics by, you know, A, B, C, or bullet points, yes. so you're not assigning priority by one, two, three, or something. Something that's not one, two, three, because it seems like you're assigning priority when you do that. But to group your questions and those or information by bullet points like that, and to for the for the high conflict people to respond inside of those bullet points back and forth, so that it's not long paragraphs of horrible language and putting down language and judgmental language. It really is focused into the facts. And how can our high conflict people find you right now if they, if well, they want to talk to you? I'm sitting in my office in North Carolina right now, so they could go to um, www.trianglesmartdivorce.com, go to our webpage, fill out an information form there if they wanted. Um, and give I understand you're pumping out information on Facebook too. And yep, they could give us a call or they could go to our Facebook page, which I think is facebook.com backslash Triangle Smart Divorce. I know our webpage, I mean, I know our Facebook no, I do, page. But I think if you just put Triangle Smart Divorce, Smart Divorce on Facebook, in. it'll come right up. It should come up. All right. And that's where we're putting resources for navigating COVID-19. After this call, I'll add some resources for navigating, well, Heck, there's so many articles on there already for navigating high conflict personality divorces. You probably just go through the feed and find something. Gotcha. Thank you so much.
Thanks, Rich. Keep healthy. You too. All right, bye-bye.